now the owner and principal of an esteemed Minnesota Realty School. Please give a warm welcome to the real estate genius, Mike Brennan. Hey, Amron, this is how you borrow a million dollars. Tax season's coming up. I got to give you a hint, Panama. I love the game, Mike. What can I say? You even got a refrigerator of your own. <laughs> we needed it, man. We get, we get hungry here. <laughs> Stuff going on over here and over there. And I'm like, wow. This, this You're like right that here. kid that was a half asleep in class. <laughs> I saw you in the back row. I just bit that apple and I was like, yo, I'm hooked. Rejection you know? is a huge part of the game. And I don't think on Selling Sunset, any of those girls have gotten rejected no, in their never, lives. Never. <laughs> Interesting Five. concept, teaching a class of real estate out in the ocean. Out in the ocean, right? <laughs> yeah. How come everything's not like, you know, bloppity blah? Yeah. Well, the conveyance of the property via general warranty, yeah. need, giving fee simple absolute interest. Okay, here's a piece of paper, you own the house. Yeah, if you said stuff like that in the real world, people would be like, who's this yeah. jerk face? Be, What's up with this house? Well, we're trying to get rid of it. I said, for how much? And they said, nothing. I said, say what? Because there were rats the size of dogs. Yeah. It was in bad shape. 2,000 multiple offers. No. You didn't have multiple, no, multiple. highest and best we due by 10 minutes. Three weeks later. Uh-huh. And they're like, uh, we got problems. There were footsteps, people speaking. So, I'm kind of getting scared right now. <laughs> so, so, so I'm looking and the salt shaker's doing this. I'm kind of keeping my eye on it now going, that's really strange and boom, right past my head. So they started getting along with it. So they called me up. Getting buddy. along with it? They, started, they gave him a name. I'm like, listen, Charlie, you're going to have to pay some rent or something. <laughs> you're <living it. laughs> We're just like, I hear a noise and I say to my wife, I think it's our ghost. And she gets all freaked out. No, don't say that. Listen, Netflix, yeah. contact us. <laughs> Do we have a pitch for you? We got it, baby. We welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 15 of Weekly Deposit. Today we have one of the greatest real estate minds that I have had the pleasure to come across. One of my favorite teachers I've had in any subject. A New York Minnesotan, a real estate investor, an agent, a broker, and now the owner and principal of an esteemed Minnesota Realty School. Uh, he has dedicated his career to educating and empowering aspiring real estate professionals. His passion for the industry combined with his infinite knowledge has earned him in Minnesota Realty School among one of the best, if not the best schools to get your real estate license. Someone who put up with me for three weeks in class and years of constant bugging, which I am grateful for. Someone who is a, a wonderful husband, a great father, and an even better grandfather. Please give a warm welcome to the real estate genius, Mike Brennan. Oh, thank you, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> I'm humbled by your words. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my you. gosh. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I want to leave now. <laughs> well, it's going. It's good, man. I just got to get out of here. It all goes downhill from here. <laughs> you know oh how it God. is. Yep. Peaks, peaks and valleys. Yep. yep. Okay, perfect. Mike, um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Uh, we you. here, right? Normally, Julian's here. He's out feeling sick. Yeah. We here love to travel. We feel it's the best way to learn, mm -hmm. uh, you know, new cultures and kind of bringing that back here. Um, we always start our podcast by asking our guests, what's the last place you visited and what is the next place you want to go to? Oh, it's funny because we just got back from our cruise. Okay. And uh, I never thought I was going to be into cruises. Mm -hmm. I swear to goodness, I never thought. And I uh, went once and they asked me to teach a class. So I was like, okay, I'll teach a class on the ocean, but I was afraid to be out of sight of land and all that. So I go on the cruise ship. Ooh, 
Interesting Five. concept, teaching a class of real estate out in the ocean. Out in the ocean, right? <laughs> yeah. And then there's all these really funny things about tax deductions and all this stuff. So I go out there and I'm teaching the class. I was really afraid to be, you know, in a boat that might rock and I get sick. And it was so cool. It was just like they had swimming pools. They had a bowling alley. They had a bar with pool tables. I'm like, how come everything's not like, you know, blop and blop? Yeah. So the last one we did, we do it every January now, is we went out of Fort Lauderdale. So we stayed in Fort Lauderdale for a few days, my wife, my mom, my brother. Mm -hmm. And uh, we then we went out on a celebrity cruise line. We always go like with the upper brand of cruise lines, like your celebrity Royal Caribbean, Norwegians. And we floated down, um, and I can't even remember where it was. I I got sick on the ship, and I was just sharing. And uh, Mm -hmm. one day we were like... I woke up and it was, oh, we're, we're at land. And we looked outside, it's the Grand Caymans. Let's go to sleep. I just slept the entire way. So we were, we're at Grand Cayman, but I only just looked out the window. Okay. But Grand, uh, we were at Cayman Islands. We were uh, Jamaica. And next year, we're going out over to Coco Cay, which is this like private island resort that's got like swimming with dolphins and stingrays. And, oh. You know, you took cliff diving and... So it's kind of pretty chill stuff to do in January. <laughs> Very <laughs> chill. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's wow. pretty cool. No, that's awesome. Is there, so that's the next place you guys are going to? Well, if you don't count my visits back to New York, which I go every couple of months. Gotcha. Yeah. Cayman, I, Cayman Islands, I'm trying to open some uh, LLCs and other... Yeah. yeah, there you go. There <laughs> other, you go. Other accounts there, Mike. Yep, yep. <laughs> you know, Just, they have very lenient uh, financial laws. Aaron, all you got to do is give me the cash, <laughs> and I'll go down there and deposit it for you in the building, if that's cool, and okay. I'll get you a receipt, I swear to goodness. There you go. <laughs> no, I love those, those cruise liners are yeah. Big. Oh my God, 6,000 people. Like, it's yeah. like just ginormous. I remember yeah. I saw them yeah. uh, in Puerto Vallarta. They were yeah. coming in or yeah. in Florida, and I'm just like, Jesus. Oh, there's 17 story buildings. Yeah. There are cities out there. It blew my mind. Yeah. It blew my mind. And I don't drink alcohol or anything. But, you know, you go out there and it's partying and people go yep. crazy. And it was just, it was really fun, wild stuff with a bunch of cool people. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's, that's such a cool concept yeah. to do, too. I don't think any other realty school is doing that. Nope. So that's super cool. Uh, what inspired you to become to start a realty school, and and what m- motivated you to kind of do all of this, the the education part? Because I yeah. know you were an investor, an agent, a broker on that side when yep. you came from New York. Yep. Um, so, what was that leap from from the sales part to the educating part? Well, it's funny. I I did my first transaction in 1989 before you all were born, <laughs> and what ended up happening was I got hooked into real estate. I just bit that apple. And I was like, yo, I'm hooked. So I got my sales license, did all of the voodoo. In 1999, I said, I'm going to become my own broker. Uh, so in 99, I become a broker, mm-hmm. start my own company. And then I said, you know, to add to my resume, I should teach part-time at the local real estate school, which at the time was called ProSource. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2001. So I started teaching there. And I'm just doing like a four-hour class here, a four-hour class there. Um, after about three or four years, they're like, yo, we want you to teach continuing ed, pre-licensing online and in person. I'm going, you know, if I'm going to teach this much, I'm going to do it for myself. Yep. So in 2011, I left uh, that company and started the realty school. And in Minnesota, they have this really funky rule about me not being licensed yep. and on the school. I'm still a licensed broker, though, in Wisconsin. Okay. So, um, but I, I did that and I looked at it and said, you know, when we're writing the material, the stuff that I used to teach was like, hey, Amron, this is how you borrow a million dollars and how you invested in property. To, And I was looking at this group of people, and they were like, 
I just want to list and sell a $150,000 house. Yeah. I don't want to be borrowing a million dollars. I don't have the credit worthiness. And I was like, why am I teaching this? Hmm. Nobody really will ever do any of this stuff. And I thought, yo, what would be really, really cool is we teach you how to write a purchase contract. Yep. You know, and, and we, we, we actually give you assignments that are going to be real world stuff. Yep. And I'm just so proud of your success. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I honestly, I, everyone who t even inquires to me about real estate or like getting their license and stuff, I just completely yep. direct them to you yep. Thank because you. The, Thank you. The, the first week obviously is the test stuff, yep. Yep. right? It's like how many acres and how many, <laughs> yeah, all that like, stuff, that never stuff use. yeah, you never use. You're <laughs> like, oh, okay. Yep. I was going to ask you about that. Yep. But uh, week two and week three, where mm -hmm. you take us to actual houses, yep. you show us purchase agreements, you yep. give us like live. Those are fun. Yeah, those that's, that's fun. the fun part, yeah. and that's what really gets everyone excited. Yep. Uh, and you know, you know, what, I'm, the you know yeah. what I'm bummed out about is the super lockbox, the e key version. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I'd like to get the box with or the app for my phone so I can get the box unlocked. Uh -huh. You know, because we hand out the boxes now, yep. and I'm like, but I can't unlock the darn box. So I just this is what it looks like, and. You know, I just hand it around. Oh, because you're not a... Because uh, I'm not a realtor. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which is crazy to me because you would think, like, uh, you could have a broker's license because in other yeah. states, you have to have a broker's license yeah. to teach real estate. Oh, yeah. That's, like, 42 of the 50 states. Minnesota's the one that you don't have to... You can't be licensed in both. Gotcha. That makes absolutely But I sense. think you... And correct me if I'm mm -hmm. wrong. Your wife is mm -hmm. a broker, though. Correct. Yep. Okay. And so we, you know, I manage the Wisconsin side of things. Yep. She does the Minnesota side. So it, it works out. That's awesome. Yeah. I love, I, I used to love your class and everything mm -hmm. like that. And it was, it was, it's not very often you go wake up at eight in the morning <laughs> and like, I want to go to school at 20 something or whatever age when you pass school and you're like, but no, I Sorry. really, <laughs> no, I really, I really enjoyed it. And you, you made the, the test part so easy oh, to like you. actually like pass it because yep. a lot of people, uh, a lot of people, I, I'm going to name drop here. The mm -hmm. other school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. don't have that success rate right. when it comes to passing that test because um, you're going to have to know what the, uh, the acres and the square foot yeah. and this and, and all that. that legal ease that we never use. Yeah. Well, the conveyance of the property via general warranty, yeah. deed, giving fee, simple, absolute interest. Okay. Here's a piece of paper. You own the house. Yeah. You know, it's like exactly. And it's like, exactly. <laughs> like if you, if you mm -hmm. said stuff like that in the real world, people would be like, who's this yeah. jerk face? They'd be like, <laughs> this guy's like a professor or something. Yeah. What's up with that? You know? Um, what would you say kind of sets, you know, Minnesota Realty School apart from the other schools and in, in the area? Because I know mm -hmm. what I would say, but I'm interested in to know what you would say. Well, when you, one of the things I said from the start was classes need to meet one of three things, or actually all three things, fun, convenience, and informative. I like that he had fun first. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's got to be fun. If yeah. you're not enjoying, adults learn in a different manner than children. Like, you know, when, you, when you're a child, you hear the ABC song? Yeah. Well, do you know what that has in common with Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, and Ba Ba Black Sheep? And the melody? They're all the same song. Yeah. So it's that repetition. That's how children learn. So with adults, it's got to be fun. And when you come to class, even in your 20s, yep. when you come here to us, you want to learn stuff. Yep. Versus a child who's like, I don't want to go to school today. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. So um, what's funny is when adults come to learn, it's a different form of uh, expectations, learning. So you got to make it fun and interesting. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, 
Baja is going to be like, doo, 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 doo. you know what I mean? <laughs> Which you have caught me. <laughs> no, you did make it super fun. So you got to have fun. You got to have uh, informative and um, it has to be convenient. So that's yeah. why we offer the classes so much. Yeah. But then I said, what we want to do is when a person leaves our courses two and three, you not you need to know how to open up a door, set an appointment. You need to write up the purchase contract, yep. how to price the house. Yep. And I know it sounds crazy that it's like, that sounds like the basics. Yep. But other places don't do that. No, and other places don't take you to an actual home, right. like set up a showing, go to the home, walk yep. you through like, hey, these are the kind of things you want to look for. This yep. is stuff that you want to point out to your clients. Mm-hmm. And that, I was like, oh, this is so great. Do, do you remember which house it was we saw? It was this little, uh, I don't I don't know whose house it is, but it was this little <laughs> janky house yeah. that we went to by the school that wasn't too far in St. Paul. Yes, yes. yes. I remember, now I remember that one. Yeah, that, was, that was a cool little house. That was a cool yeah. little house house yeah but it was it was just great to kind of walk through and i always tell new agents you know obviously in the world of transaction coordinators Mm -hmm. and this and that i'm like (laughs) you shouldn't use a transaction coordinator for your first five to ten deals yep you should know what you're writing in the purchase agreement. You should yeah. know how to convey that to someone. Mm-hmm. You're, you can't call your transaction coordinator at 10 p.m. and be like, hey, this yep. person's asking me this totally. question about this. What, totally. what do I say? Yep. Well, it's funny because you mentioned that I'm submitting new classes uh, this week. Mm-hmm. And I was writing a class and people are like, yo, how do I become a transaction coordinator? And I'm like, we teach that in course three. Mm-hmm. It's the material that you do in, in meeting the inspector, negotiating yep. the inspection, do, doing all that stuff. And people are like, I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with prospecting. I don't want to deal with transaction coordination. And I'm sitting here going, what do you want to do? <laughs> exactly. You know, you make a $10,000 commission gross check. You got to pay the broker. Now you got to pay the transaction coordinator. You got to give a referral fee to the um, referring company that gave yep. you the lead. Marketing, and, a lot of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's not even including your normal costs. Yeah, yeah. You're paying for an office, all this stuff. Yeah. It's, it's off the hook, man. And people are like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And the tax man, hence my Cayman Island. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the Cayman Island accounts. The IRS up. is watching this right now. Like, yes. <laughs> tax season's coming up. I got to give you a hint. Panama. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. U.S. Yes. dollars and... I, I'm trying. I'm trying to f- finagle my way into the Panama Papers, Mike. <laughs> as long as your name ain't in there, then you're fine, right? Right, right. I have to. It has to be like a hundred shell corporations before it even, and then it leads to like some cello player. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay. Um, well, so you kind of touched on this in, in the pr- uh, previous, how you set up, you, uh, how you prepare your students for a successful career in the real estate industry. Mm-hmm. And, and how you offer to help them achieve their goals, because it's one thing to be in that classroom and it's a very, you know, uh, controlled environment and guided and you're not dealing with a, a mad seller mm-hmm. or uh, an emotional buyer or stuff like that. Uh, what what tips can you give to someone in, in the real world, right? Yeah. And when it, when you're out of the classroom, not to say, you know, the classroom has great, great stuff, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you get so much stuff thrown at you oh, in yeah. the real world where you're like, oh yeah, uh, I am not prepared for this at all. Yep. Well, and here's one. I brought a buyer out on Sunday. We wrote an offer on a house in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Everything's going along smoothly. A nice half million dollar house. So we had a counter to our offer for closing date. Mm-hmm. So here we are on Tuesday today. 
And, and they're sending me text messages. I'm on pins and needles. What's going on with this offer? And they're like, every 15 minutes, I'm not making this up. Mm-hmm. I could check my phone right now. I bet you there's four new emails from them. Yep. And they're all freaking out. And it's all about communication. So I just keep replying back to them. I will let you know as soon as I find out there's nothing happening. Yeah. So it's the communication. In escalated situations, you know, when somebody comes to you and they're mad, man, they're pissed because you did something. You, you, you said, or you didn't even do anything. Yeah, or but, you didn't do anything, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Well, you said you were going to yeah. install a sign, and the sign's not here on Tuesday. Yeah. Right? And they get really, really escalated. Yeah. The worst thing to do is say, calm down. Yeah, of course. Right? Yeah. Or <laughs> avoid. Yeah. And just blow them off. So yeah. you, you want to go in there and say, hey, uh, I understand you empathize. Yes. I understand your frustrations. I will work into it and get this resolved as soon as I can. Yep. Do what you can to resolve it. Then you come back later and say, this is what actually happened. The sign install people had a flat tire block. Whatever the reason was. Yep. I hope you understand. Yep. So if you empathize, fix and then come back and say, this is what actually ended up happening when they're in a cooler state of mind. Yep. That's usually going to make them come to a understanding of you. Yeah, it's a, it's a people business. Totally. And, you know, uh, not only a people business, but a high transaction yes. price point. You know, yeah. for most, they're, they're uh, their the biggest. Yeah, their biggest. Yeah, yeah, their whole life. Totally. So I, I completely empathize with people mm-hmm. and, you know, everything like that. I'm actually... Um, you know, not to give too much detail, helping a buyer right now. And we got uh, an accepted offer over 15 offers um, because the it was a for sale by owner too. The owner said that he liked me and he liked mm-hmm. that I was urgent, responsive, yep. quick to everything. Yep. So I was like, oh, cool. And But then like this weird thing happened where he's like, Kind of like asking me questions now and like, hey, can you send me this to sign? And like, I'm kind of like his agent. But and I keep telling him, I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know, I am not your agent. (laughs) I am representing my clients, the buyer, and I'm looking for their best interests and everything like that. So at some point, I'm like trying to be nice. But at the same time, I'm like, uh not to be too nice. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, hey, I'm representing my clients here. And, and if you look at that compensation showing form that the association has, it even has emboldened prints. We are representing the buyer, not the seller. Yep. But they're still going to gimme, gimme, gimme. It is. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're still going to want that. And if you have a limit and you say, this is the line I don't cross. Yeah. You know, I, I know this one agent, she set a limit. She said, I don't take calls after 7 p.m. I was like, really? How does yeah. that work out for you? She goes, I, I take off every Thursday. I'm like, mm. and on her voicemail, it would say, you know, if you're calling me after 7 p.m., I won't reply until the next business day. So I said, how does that work out for you? And I said, why do you do that? And she said, I set that parameter way up front with people. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that's pretty chill. I understand. Yep. And then we're visiting a little bit, and I said, what's up with the 7 p.m. deadline? She says, I have little children, and it's really important for me to be with them, undisturbed, having dinner, reading yep. Good Night Moon. Ah, so she set her limit. I said, are you losing a lot of clients over that? And mm-hmm. her reply was, no. She sets a hard limit. She sets it up front, and people are like, I can respect that. Yeah, no, I, 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 try to, I try to set that limit, but at the same time, it's like, it's my fault too, because it's like, I, I love the game, like, what can I say? It's, it's like, addictive, it's that it apple, is, man. I'm like, it's like sometimes I'm at dinner, yeah. this and that, I'm like answering, I was, yep. so I was at uh, a lunch the other day, and I'm like working the deal, and like, I, I promise, I don't even know what I ate, or this, mm-hmm. or, like someone paid the bill, like, 
on the phone. <laughs> the seller keeps calling me like, oh, yeah. this line. Oh, you spelled my wife's name wrong. Or this, oh, I hate that. This oh. and that. I was like, well, you know, you... Uh, didn't hire an agent, so maybe you wanted to. Uh, oh, this was the for sale by owner. This, guy. yeah, the for sale by oh owner guy. God, so this is worse. this is just kind of the most recent one. I have yep. a million of them yep. in my head. Where I'm like, <laughs> it's just the most recent one, and I'm just like, well, you could have, you know, hired the agent for yourself and everything like that. But well, and you know, the the value proposition of having an agent in the buy side and the listing side is so incalculable. And people are like, well, they just put signs in the yards and no. put it on the MLS. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And when, when they go out and they're looking at stuff like seller disclosure junk, there are so many people who can get pinched so badly post closing of the sale. Oh, I got my price. Yeah. But you didn't tell us that the basement floods. Yeah. You know, and it really could come back to bite them where they need to install a whole new drain tile system in the house because they didn't know what they were supposed to do because they didn't hire an agent and it cost them thousands. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, okay. Can you, can you describe some challenges facing the real estate industry today and you know how your school is addressing these challenges? Mm -hmm. And in particular, I wanted to talk about two things, the, the internet with the countless websites and mm -hmm. then this whole notion, because I think someone from Minnesota is suing NAR about compensation. Yes. And there's change pot potentially mm -hmm. in buyer's agent compensation. Oh, wow. First, you know that. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I try to stay up on it. Yes. In, in, the, in the latter part of that question, uh, Merle versus NAR, they're, yes. they're also bringing in some top uh, franchise systems. Not individual franchisees, mm -hmm. like uh, you know, there's, there's Keller Williams, and I'm not endorsing any company. I'm just using this as an example. Mm -hmm. But they have all their franchisees. There's yep. McDonald's Corporation, and yep. they have all of the franchisees. So they're suing uh, North Star MLS, yep. um, Keller Williams, Remax, Realogy, which owns a lot of, you know, brands. Yep. Um, and what Mr. Merle said, and it's a weird spelling. It's M-O-E-R-H-L. Yeah. It's kind of a weird spelling, but. Is he out of like Rochester or something? He's or, in Minnesota. I think it was New Prague. Yeah, yeah. I think it was New Prague. Okay. And so he sells his house, lists his house for 400000 There was a commission of, let's say, 6%. Yep. A $24,000 commission. Well, half of that went to the buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of been the typical modus operandi for a bajillion years. Yep. So the buyer's agent beat him up from 400 down to 390. So he goes to the closing. He's like, wait a second. He looks at the Alta statements and he's like, I'm giving half of the commission to the buyer's agent who beat me up 10,000 on price. And this became kind of a disconnect. I don't understand this, but this is just me. No, it was the listing company gave half of their commissions to that other broker. Yep. But this guy's all... I'm paying the buyer broker. So it's a valid claim. I could see his side of it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. So 400 to 390 is this guy's, and, and does he know that yeah. in turn, the buyer's agent is getting less because if he did sell it for that higher price, right. he in turn gets more? Exactly. That's, <laughs> and that's the other thing. He's like, well, he got it beaten down on price. So when they bellyache, oh, the realtors are all about the commission. Actually, this agent kind of cut his commission because yeah. he beat down the price. Correct. So now they're suing, saying that the uh, National Association of Realtors policy of broker co-op is unfair, unjust, and antitrust. And it's nothing short of laughable, mm -hmm. in my humble opinion. We'll see what the courts say out of Chicago when this goes to case uh, later this year in 2023. But they want to eliminate the payout of buyer-broker compensations. 
So if there was a buyer broker payout, let's say I go to list a property, yep. all I would charge you is half the commissions. Yep. And which, then the buyer's agent would have to get it from the buyer, the buyer, which would be incredibly difficult. Oh, yeah. You come in and a buyer now, now you got to do 3.5% down on your FHA. Yeah. So if you're doing a $200,000 house, that's 7000 Okay. I, I can afford that. Mm -hmm. I work at uh, Speedway. I was going to say Super America. I work at Speedway, and then I work part-time at Menards, mm -hmm. right? My <laughs> wife, whoops, my wife is working uh, stocking shelves at um, Whole Foods at night. Yep. So we're getting by. We got 7000 bucks. Oh, but we got 3% closing fees. Yep. That's another 6000 Oh, well, now I'm up to $13,000. Uh, it's going to be a stretch for this 26-year-old couple. Yep. Then they go in there and say, oh, and by the way, you're going to have to pay your realtor 2.7% as well. Another 5400 bucks. Whoa, I don't have $18,400 to yeah. buy a house. And that's the minimum down program using FHA. And that is like $200,000. you are not... You're not getting anything. Yeah, you're not getting, you're not getting anything. anything. No, I was going to say, I was like, 200000 Where are you shopping, Mike? No, I know. I got to use simple math. I, mean, <laughs> I know. I, I get it. I get it. For math purposes, because that is not. No. I think the, the median is probably more 350 350 yeah, 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 yeah. It's about 350 60 depending on where you're at. But, you know, you look at it, Emron, you're like, yo, this person coming in on a $400,000 house, they got to come up with fourteen thousand down, yeah. plus another twelve thousand dollars in closing fees, plus another twelve thousand to pay the realtor. Mm -hmm. That would kill any kind of lower income person, you know, of middle or lower income levels. It's going to kill first time home buyers. Yeah. It's an asinine statement to say change the way the world works because, yeah. especially with sellers having, you know, uh, again, you know, not every seller, so I'm, I'm, it's yep. a generalization statement, but having equity in your home. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's just uh, crazy to me. But the other, I think, thing was if they don't get rid of buyer's agent, then dual agency, yeah. potentially, which to me, I get the whole dual agency of hogging the deal, right? right? Like that, I get that. And it's kind of, it is a very gray zone mm -hmm. per se, right? Mm -hmm. You're helping both sides. But what about the dual agency with like me and another agent in the same brokerage? Like, yeah. we're both trying to do the best for our client. Like I right. could... No offense, but I could care less about my broker in that <laughs> instance. I'm like trying yep. to do the best for my client. He's trying to do the best for his client. Sure. Wouldn't that leave out a huge amount of like homes? Like what if my client really likes the home yep. that a broker in the same office listed? Yeah. You'd be kind of behind the eight ball. Yeah. And, and you know, the thing with dual agency and Minnesota doesn't recognize like all the states around us, like North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Nebraska, Wisconsin do, mm -hmm. where I could be working at Coldwell Banker, let's pretend. Mm -hmm. You're working at Coldwell Banker Realty, yep. dual agency. Well, we got to take care. I got to take care of your buyer, Emron. You got to take care of my seller. So how do you balance both of them? And you almost become, you can't advocate. Yeah. You can't work in the best interests of one party to harm the other. Correct. So you're neutralized. But in other states, they got this thing called designated agency where you would be designated to rep only the buyer and I'm designated to rep only the seller. It'd be like if you were bringing me a buyer and I worked at Remax Results. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like the exact same thing. So we can advocate. Okay, Mike, what is one or two pieces of advice you can give to someone who's on the fence about getting their real estate license? You know, 
countless number of people contact me wanting to get their license mm-hmm. and they see the glamour, especially uh, from Julian's favorite show, Selling Sunset. <laughs> a- a- and they think us agents are just rolling in the dough yep. uh, because surprise, the internet and TV lie. So w- what's an advice you give to someone where you're like, oh, I don't think real estate might be the thing for you or this or that? Ooh, good one. You know, the <laughs> that's a really... Funny one. We, we just hired a new front desk person. And uh, one of the things when they call in, they're like, yeah, do you have a payment plan? Mm-hmm. And we're like, what do you mean a payment plan? I'm kind of light on money right now. So what we do is when we hear people saying these things like, yo, they don't even have the money to afford the schooling, much less the test, much less when you go to the Association of Realtors and give them their membership fees, the MLS dues, the EQ. We're like, yo, if you're having troubles right now just getting the licensing education out of the way, this might not be for you because it's yeah. opening a business. Yeah. Um, and we try to impress upon them really strongly and heavily. Imagine if you were opening up like a Subway sandwich shop. Yep. You just wouldn't go in there with no money in, out in pocket. Yeah. Right? You're going to need a quarter million, $300,000. Yep. So we, we try to take that approach. If you remember from school, you're a business person. Yep. And you need to develop that business acumen that entrepreneurship. And once that spark of entrepreneurship, you'll see it in some people. Mm -hmm. And then some people want to come in and it's like, well, just tell me to go show the house like on HGTV and I'll go. And you know, there was, there was one agent who took the class. I'm trying to remember how, how much this was, but she contacted me and she said she had sold a $350,000 house. And this was her first uh, transaction. And she went to work for a company that gave leads. Yep. Well, the lead generation company, which is very famous, which I won't name, mm-hmm. keeps 40%. Yep. So out of the $10,000, they kept four. She's got 6000 Yep. Now, the broker was giving her a transaction coordinator, and that was only costing her $1,000. She's now down to $5,000. Then the broker put her on a 50-50 split, and she's got $2,500 out of the total gross commissions. Yep. And she said, my goodness, I, I sold this really nice $350,000 house, 2.7% payout, and I made $2,500, and now I still got to pay my FICA, federal, state. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, so getting that business acumen and, and having an understanding of that is important. I think for the new agent who's sitting, or the new person who's sitting on the fence, mm-hmm. think like it's going to be you're opening your own business. Yep. And like what you've done here is so wonderfully. This is a cool building. Mm-hmm. You're renting out your own space. You even got a refrigerator of your own. <laughs> well, shoot, man, that was six eight hundred dollars right there behind you. And we needed it, man. Right? We, get, we get hungry here. <laughs> but you know, you're you're spending all this money, and they're yeah. thinking it's more like a job. Yeah. And they want to go in there and sit and be told what to do. Yeah. And it's um, we try to impress upon them that if you've got the spark of wanting to do your own business, this is definitely the way to go. Yeah, because you can, you can't open a subway sandwich shop for three hundred thousand bucks nowadays. Yeah, you, no, no. But imagine if imagine if it was three hundred thousand, you sell your first sandwich for three hundred and fifty thousand. Wow, that'd be great, man! You're making back all your capital injection yeah. and putting some coin in your pocket. That's real estate, though. Yep. You spend two to $4,000 in education, learning, testing, all the application yep. stuff, and you make one sale, you've covered all your costs. Yep. So even if you went out and bought your own house and you used your commission as part of your down payment or yep. you've, you've just like covered all your costs. Yep. 
But they really need to understand they need tenacity, perseverance. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this word. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk to somebody and you're like, hey, Mike, can I be your agent? Have you ever heard this word? No. no. <laughs> right? You're going to hear it, man. Yeah. So you're going to have to get some rhino thick skin. Yeah. I mean, you got to have like serious. Rejection you know. is a huge part of the game. And I don't think on Selling Sunset, any of those girls have gotten rejected no, in their never, lives. Never. <laughs> and those shows are so yeah. darn misleading. Yes, they Let's are. Let's be honest, man. Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of times I've gotten hung up on. Yep. I've gotten door shuts on me. And it's just, it is <laughs> what had, it is. I've had dogs sicked on me. Yeah, no, it's, you know, it's crazy. It's, and I think that yeah. you, you brought up a good point in regards to like new agents. Mm-hmm. I, and, and you see the office here and everything. Yep. And me and Julian have kind of done all of this stuff mm-hmm. from scratch. And sometimes when we bring newer agents and stuff, they think like it just magically appeared right. here or like someone paid for it. I'm like, nope. No, this came out of our pocket. Yep. <laughs> and, and seriously, you've done so good. I'm so yeah. proud of you guys. So it's like, yeah, this has all come out of our pocket. And it's like, yes, of course, because we... I'm a huge component of like being here, a mm-hmm. culture here and yep. everything like that, being in the office because, yep. you know, I could be at home and I could be in my home office and this mm-hmm. and that, but it's just not the same to me. Right. It's right. just not. Right. I'm like here, I can bounce ideas off. I can constantly work, you know, and, mm-hmm. and if I, mm-hmm. I wanted to make a space where if I do want to kind of chill out for a little while, right. I can here, you yep. know, yep. I have TVs, I have this, I have that. I can do something to sure. kind of get my mind off of uh <laughs> all know, the rejection I face on a daily yeah. basis. <laughs> but no, seriously, as an educator, and I'm looking at this one, and I hear things like what you're doing and all your investments and all these dabbles, you got stuff going on over here and over <laughs> there, and I'm like, wow. You just, this, this You're like right that here. kid that was a half asleep in class. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you in the back row. Yeah. No, but I, I, I seriously look at this and go, man, this made my, this really just made my week so much brighter. Oh, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. That's why I, I bugged you so much to come on because I knew you had such great knowledge to share and I wanted everyone to hear thank it because you. like I said, everyone that contacts me from our videographer, Alec, to anyone else that's like talking about, I want to get my real estate license because again, it's a little misleading on social media because a lot of agents do mm-hmm. this they show the wins yep. never the losses yes and and everyone's like oh well this guy's yeah. selling the house and this guy's selling this and this lady's selling i'm like trust me there is a lot of losses and i wish more agents would kind of uh put the spotlight on that mm-hmm. on the on the toughness of yeah. this business but you know that's that tenacity thing you got to keep going back to the well yeah keep on dropping that bucket see if you can get something out of it exactly yeah. um Kind of, I guess this leads really well into my next question. What would you say is the hardest thing about the real estate in- industry? Um, you mm-hmm. know, I want to really con- kind of convey this message to people because it is not easy. Yeah, it's and it's a job. Yes. I'll be straight up honest. It's a job. And it's, I think the hardest thing is like we just discussed. It's the rejection factor. Yep. You know, when you go commission only, there's good news and bad news. Yeah. The sky's the limit. Yeah. But if you stay home watching the prices right, and you're yeah. like, oh, put my computer away and just watch TV, yeah. it's easy to do that, yeah. but you'll make nothing. So it's um, misleading what we see on TV, social media, Yep, because uh, it is hard work, man. Yeah. There's a lot of highs and lows in this there industry. There is. <laughs> There's nothing greater than like a commission day. Yep. And yep. nothing worse than like a, a day where you go on a barren spell or this or constant rejection or yep. whatever the case may be. Or a deal falls through. A deal yeah. where you were banking on like, oh my oh, God. You've listed their 600, they're buying a 900 and yeah. the 600,000 buyer just blows up on you. Yeah. And you're like, Oh my God, I just lost 1.5 million in real estate transactions. Yeah. I was banking on that. Yeah. 
Now, that's a kick in the head that seriously for you viewers, when you're dealing with this one, that's something that you really got to learn how to pick yourself up and dust yourself off. Yeah. That's the hard part nobody speaks about that drives a lot of people out. Yeah. You know, I listed this house once on 314 Dayton. It was a St. Paul tax forfeiture. Mm-hmm. And I called them up and I'm like, yeah, look at this massive house. It's like 9,000 square feet, 14 bedrooms, 17 bath house, built by a railroad guy, James Hill, all that. So I called the city up. I'm like, what's up with this house? Well, we're trying to get rid of it. I said, well, how long have you been trying to get rid of it? And they said, about a year and a half. And I said, for how much? And they said, nothing. I said, say what? You can't give a house away for a year and a half? Well, the boiler had blown up and it blew out the roof. Lots of damage. Category two? Was it St. Paul? Oh, category three. Oh, okay. oh even worse. And it needed to be brought back. Yep. And it's in the historic district, which oh, means they yes. even tell you what kind of lace curtains you can put in. Yep. Yep. So I said, you know what? I'll list that house. And this is back in like 1990. <laughs> and um, I, basically what I did as an entrepreneur was I just took a piece of paper and wrote $10 mansion. Contact Mike, give me $10, you get a $10 house. It's a 14-bedroom, 17-bath, 9,000-square-foot house, blah, 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 blah. So I just faxed it over. We didn't have these email fancy things back in the early mm-hmm. 90s. And uh, I got calls from Channel 2, Channel 4, Channel 5, Channel 9, Channel 11, Star Tribune, Pioneer Press. I was on the front page of the Pioneer Press. Contact Mike Brennan at Burnett Realty. And I'm just floored because I had 7,000 phone calls uh, that came in, wow. visitors, it nearly drove me out of the business. How? Well, I wasn't ready. I, oh. I didn't have the scale, the buildup. I thought maybe I'd get 100 people who'd yeah. call me. And I go to the house, like my voicemail box is full. So I leave a voicemail. Yo, I'm going to be doing an open house tonight between 4 and 7 p.m. Please wear uh, high boots because there were rats the size of dogs. and It was, yeah. it was in bad shape. Yeah. And uh, please meet me at the house at 4 o'clock. So I pull up to the house, and there's 2,000 people down the front porch around the block. Oh, I mean, I'm just blown away. I'm going, I can't, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. And I didn't have the ability to follow up with the leads. Yep. I didn't think it was going to be that. So I overestimated what I was uh, what I, I, I underestimated what I was planning to do. Mm-hmm. So that was something that nearly drove me out of the game. Mm-hmm. And um, I did successfully get it sold. And can I ask what, what, the, what did it, was it $10? Did you have Ten like 2,000 multiple offers? No. You didn't have multiple, <laughs> multiple. highest and best we due by 10 minutes. Four offers on it. And when they did this, they had to go to the St. Paul City Council. Uh-huh. They had these three-inch binders with architectural renderings. Yep all their plans, all of their financial wherewithal, yep. you know, all the things they were going to do. The guy who ended up buying it put over $1.2 million into it. So it was a nice, nice house yep. um, on a 40-foot wide, 80-foot deep lot, mm-hmm. tiny, tiny postage stamp of a lot for the city. Yep. But um, in, in terms of the marketing piece of it, it's real fun to have billboards up there or bus benches. Yeah. Or, you know, that's easy to spend money like that. Duh. The, the guy with the 10,000 billboards. <laughs> yeah, you know, land of 10,000 billboards. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, when you're spending money, you're supposed to get a return on that investment. Correct. You know, so my return on investment on that one was a lot of labor. Yeah. Sifting through all these architectural meetings. And, yep. But the funny thing was is when you get into the game and you're doing real estate as a career, it's probably you'll find, number one, the coolest people you're going to work with, yep. fellow realtors. They're, yep. they're pretty chill. Um, for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> I mean, there's always going to be some people yeah, you yeah, love yeah. and some people you don't, right? Yep. 
But on the uh, flip side of that, there's going to be the uh, the highs and the lows, and the highs are so high, mm-hmm. you know. But you got to be careful that your ego stays in check. Yes. And then the lows are like depressingly low. <laughs> you know what I mean? Depressingly low. It's like yes. I haven't had a closing for three months, no prospects in the pipeline. What am I going to do? Exactly, and that's what I wish we would shine a little bit more light on because again, mm-hmm. it's, it's always the success stories instead of like, yep. well, I called a hundred people today and all of them just, uh, you know, told me off. <laughs> yeah. Hung up on me. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But you know, like you said, persevere. Um, Mike, with your nearly 20 years of experience, I know, and I've heard some f- hilarious stories from mm-hmm. you. Please give us, uh, without too many details, about what you feel is either the funniest or most bizarre encounter you've had in the industry. Oh, by far, by far was the house with a poltergeist. And the, the buyers of the property and I toured this house. It was, it's an 1870s house in St. Paul. And um, we toured the house. It was pretty chill. We liked it. The buyer wrote an offer, uh-huh. closed on it, and they subsequently had some um, concerns about the property. Now, it's on a really steep hill by the university club, mm-hmm. and uh, we had to bring in a structural engineer to make sure that the foundation wall and the basement was, like, solid because, you know, the pressure's pushing the houses down. Yep. So the guy comes in. Everything's fine. So we close the transaction. The buyer calls me up, like, three weeks later, uh-huh. and they're like, uh, we got problems. I'm going, oh gosh, is it the wall? Is it the yeah. fridge? You know that post-closing? Yeah, yeah. Hey, this house you sold me, the fridge yeah, broke. Yeah. Emron, I'm mad at you. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. house you sold me, but you picked out. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's Sometimes it's like blows my mind. Exactly. But yeah. But what the problem that they were having was that the furniture would move on its own and be stacked, literally blocking their exit from the upstairs, that there were footsteps, people speaking. So I went over to the house and I said, what's going on, guys? This is... Multiple, multiple calls. Uh-huh. Okay, change the locks. Okay, uh, put in a security system. You know, I'm uh-huh. just thinking what's the logical. So I go over to the house, and I'm like, what's going on? I go, we want to show you something in the basement. I'm going, oh, gosh, it's the water coming in the wall. I know yeah. it's the... So I, <clears throat> I said, well, what's going on? He goes, well, we had a problem uh, with the garbage in the kitchen. He says, yeah, what's up with the garbage? He goes, every night we put it under the sink. And we'd come out in the morning, and the garbage would be all over the place. I said, well, you have that cat. Maybe the cat is digging in the garbage. <laughs> Maybe take your garbage out to the garbage can. So what I started doing was I put the garbage can by the basement door, and then I'd close the door to the basement so the cat couldn't get to it. Okay. So, all right, all right. So he goes, come on downstairs. So we go down the stairs and through the bedroom, the laundry center, to the walkout. And all the garbage is thrown up against the inside of a locked door. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at this locked door, and I'm going... And there's no garbage anywhere to any of the rooms down the stairs. Nothing. And I'm like, what's going on here? Some crazy cat. <laughs> Some crazy cat. Something carried it down the stairs and literally threw it up against the wall by the walkout door. So, I'm kind of getting scared right now. <laughs> so I says, did you do this? Yeah. And he goes, I think that the seller had a haunting and they didn't tell us. Didn't they have to? And I said, well, no. Minnesota law says if there's a perceived paranormal activity... Seller doesn't have to disclose. And hauntings and ghosts, they don't have to disclose. And I'm thinking, they're lying, man. They're going to try to get out of this purchase. I want a refund, lemon law, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So we go back upstairs, and we're chilling out in the dining room. And I'm like, yeah, are you sure this is really happening? You know, I'm still kind of cynical. 
And as I'm, I swear to goodness, Emron, as I'm doing this, about eight feet, 10 feet away from me is the kitchen countertop and there's a salt pepper shaker. Uh huh. And I hear a rattle, so I'm kind of doing this. Are you sure this is not your imagination? And I'm hearing, and the salt shaker's doing this, right? Now the pepper isn't even moving. So I'm like, well, could it be traffic outside causing the house to sh-? But that would make both of them. Sh-. So I'm looking, and the salt shaker's doing this. And I'm kind of keeping my eye on it now, going, that's really strange, and boom, right past my head. So I said, let's continue this discussion outside. <laughs> What I I'm like I'm lost for words. Netflix, yeah. call me and Mike. <laughs> we got we got a movie for you. Honest to goodness, that was the most bizarre one I ever did. And then they called me up eight years later. So they lived at the house. They lived there. I said you can't get a refund. This isn't like a lemon law. So they lived there. So they did bring in people from uh, smudging where they they'll take sage and they'll smudge the house. Yeah. Um, they did make phone calls to paranormal folk. Couldn't get rid of it. So they started getting along with it. So they called me up. Getting I, along with it? They, started, they gave him a name. <laughs> it even had a name. They, they were talking to it. And it was, they, were, they swear to goodness that the name was Charlie. I'm like, listen, Charlie, you're going to have to pay some rent or something. <laughs> you're living here, too. You're deading here? You're living here? What <laughs> yeah, are you, right? not a... <laughs> not, you got to pay something. You got to pay something, brother. Yeah, yeah, get out there and get to work. <laughs> well, they called me up eight years later and said, come list it. Uh-huh. Now we bought it for ninety thousand. Eight years later, two fifty. That's what it was worth. So I go in and, and like, hey guys, you want to sell your house? And he says, yeah. So I go over and they want me to come in and do my market analysis, mm-hmm. you know, telling them the value of the house. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, no, no, let's do it on the patio outside. I'm not going I in that, that house, man. So while we're doing the presentation. I mean, I'm sitting like as close as this wall to a window, and we're yeah. just having coffee and talking about values, what the values yeah. are doing now, blah, blah, blah. Um, and many blinds are opening and closing. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at the sellers, Mr. and Mrs., and I'm going, is somebody inside your house? And they're like, no, it's Charlie. He doesn't like guests. <laughs> I was like, I don't want this listing. <laughs> that is insane. Is that house still around? Oh, yeah. Okay, off air, I'm going to have to get the address. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get the address. Although, because one of my friends did buy a house on Summit, uh-huh. and it's reportedly the most haunted house in Minnesota. Really? And uh, he paid over a million dollars for it. So he, he wanted me to come over and hand out Halloween candy on Halloween with him in front uh-huh. of his house. And so I said to him at one point, hey, have you ever seen any hauntings, any ghosts or anything? He goes, no, and I'm pissed. I paid a million one for this house. <laughs> I wanted to see a ghost. <laughs> that's crazy no i so this building is mm-hmm. 1800s yep. and and i i i kid you not like sometimes like when i'm here alone and mm-hmm. i'm working and i'm thinking it's just like weird noises and stuff mm-hmm. like that i'm a firm believer if i if i don't believe it <laughs> it's not real but i don't know if yeah. i could handle if something just flew across oh yeah that Literally, is a whole watching it as it flew past my head i mean i could move my head out of the way Oh my god! It was god. coming right for me. Listen, Netflix, yeah. contact us. Do we have a pitch for you? We got it, baby. We got it. I got more stories. Go to the, go to the uh, St. Paul, um, uh, the main building for uh, Ramsey County. Uh-huh. The uh, the one on Kellogg, with the big statue that yep. rotates. That's really haunted. I've heard, really haunted. Hmm. People who work there see all sorts of apparitions day and night. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, and then like you continue to live there and get along with it no 
Yeah, I, I was just no. like, what? In what world do you get along? <laughs> no, we live in an 1880s house, my wife and I, uh-huh. and uh, we're just like, I hear a noise, and I say to my wife, "I think it's our ghost," and she gets all freaked out. No, don't say that. Yeah, like, we don't have a she's like me. If I don't believe in it, it's not real. <laughs> it ain't real, then. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to kind of uh, do a little lighter questions okay. away from the hauntedness. <laughs> um, you know, well, so this is an interesting question that I was, me and Alec can kind of came up with together because we wanted to ask some, you know, you always have great, interesting, you know, stories and you have interesting uh, things you say in the realty school. So if you could sell any fictional place, like, for example, mm. the Batcave or Hogwarts or something, which one would you choose and why? Wow. Any fictional place. Yes. So a place that, you know, obviously isn't real, but you, you... Yeah, the Fortress of Solitude for Superman. The Fortress of Solitude. How would you pitch that? What is the marketing it for that? It is such a chill house. <laughs> you know, it's up at the North Pole. Yeah. And uh, it'll really, really be something that is unique. It's uh-huh. contemporary. Yeah. Lived in by an alien, but... I mean, there's definitely a very unique proposition to the Fortress of Solitude. For a real property, the Taj Mahal, Yeah, that would be like, I wonder how much that would be worth. Yeah, I, that's, it has to be. I guess it's worthless. I mean, priceless. Yeah, yeah. yeah not worthless. Yeah. <laughs> it's priceless. Yeah, it's priceless. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd say the Fortress of Solitude. Hogwarts would be trippy to sell, though. Yeah. I'd be, get away from the ghost stories. Again. The ghost, yeah. The back to the ghost. I was always thinking... Um, what was that? God, I had one, but now I, I completely uh, lost. But yeah, Hogwarts. Um, yeah, there's some interesting one. I always, I always thought like uh, another place with the pyramids. Oh, yeah. Like if you could sell that. Go to Giza and sell yeah. the, the big pyramid there. The, oh. Yeah, yeah. They just found a new tomb uh, yeah. entrance on one of the pyramids. Which is crazy to me. Like you're still finding new tombs right? and stuff like how do they? How do they miss an entire section of the pyramid? Um, I'm, I don't want to get into too much like conspiracy and ancient alien stuff here. But it's <laughs> but it is it is like something that you totally. have to ask yourself like how were these people at around the same time are uh, people across the whole ocean in, in Mexico mm-hmm. building similar structures? Yeah, like yeah. what? I don't know. And then if you look at the pyramids... I hope uh, Alec adds the X-File themes. <laughs> but if you, look at the, if you look at the pyramids in, in Gaza, it's like they're all precisely built. Yes. I mean, the engineering on these things is freaking phenomenal. You can't even do it today. No. Yeah. No way. And then if you look at the positioning of them, they all have the exact same compass point positions. Yeah. At the same... I mean, it's trippy what they've done there. I... So they, they, okay, not to, again, get yeah. into too much of it, but there was this, like, theory, sort of, like, interstellar type thing where it's, like, us in the future come back, back to, yeah, yeah. to help yeah. humanity kind of get that start. Yep. Well, Steven Spielberg just came out with that. What? That state, exactly what you just said. The, the guy who made E.T., yep. Close Encounters, he said that aliens are probably not coming 40 million light years. Yeah. Just to say, oh, and this go back. Yep. So what they're saying is it's probably humans in 500,000 years who are coming back through a wormhole in time yeah. and just coming back and saying, you know, if you, if you look at a Neanderthal person's skull versus yeah. ours, there's radical differences in terms of the shape of head. Yep. Well, maybe that's why they got these big bulbous heads and big, big eyes and... Maybe there are humans from the future in a half a million years. Yeah, yeah. There's some even mm-hmm. some drawings and stuff of like people in space suits yeah. and space crafts and stuff like that. Totally. Where it's like, 
I don't know. It gets weird. <laughs> Wait, this has become like a weird, it's a weird, weird podcast. podcast. This is a weird. <laughs> we went from like real estate to like ghosts. I swear, it's water in these cups. I swear. <laughs> Uh, I, I, this is not St. Paul water, by the way, it's not tap water. <laughs> okay. Um, and then final questions kind of stick and on the weird topics and yep. everything like that. Do you have to disclose if a house was built on an ancient, ancient burial ground or can you just say it has character? <laughs> Charlie. <laughs> Charlie's got, yeah, yeah. no, under the human remains act in Minnesota, they have all these pieces of laws that are you know, to quote on them. But under the Human Remains Act, if the house is built on human remains, it has to be disclosed if you're aware of it. This was a big thing in Indian mounds, that burial grounds that were here, uh, just a little bit east of us um, by the uh, state park. And in Sweet Hollow, there were houses that were literally built on top of ancient burial grounds. Mm -hmm. And no, we can't disturb those places of rest. So you can't mm-hmm. say it's a place of character. And then it's almost like that movie uh, Poltergeist where they start coming out of the ground. And yeah, yeah. But uh, no, technically, but human remains. Okay. So must disclose. Which is, which is okay. Again, just playing devil's mm-hmm. advocate here. If human mm-hmm. remains, but someone dying and haunting the place doesn't have doesn't to be happen. disclosed. Doesn't have to be disclosed. That is, that is crazy. Yep. Murder in this state has to be disclosed. Yep. Murder in Wisconsin doesn't. Yep, yep. We were actually looking to buy this off-market property, and it was this person who tragically ended up killing his wife and kids mm. and everything in there, and it was just, it was just, it was insane. Yeah. And then we were going to buy this, other, yeah, real estate, I swear to God, brings you the craziest things. Oh, yeah. The cra- I don't yeah. think any career brings you more crazier stuff, because, you know, people, it's their home, so yeah. it's like the, the craziest. This other one where this guy, we were going to buy this house from this guy, and then somehow he ended up getting into a fight with his tenant, and this and that, and ended up killing him. And it oh, was man. Just, yeah, it was just, it's just craziness. So we're like, oh, man. I mean, I've listed houses where I've walked in and said, you need to kind of redo some decorating here. Like, can you take down all of the hooks and chains that they're using in the bedroom? And they wouldn't do it. I was like, you do realize that this might make some people feel really yeah. uncomfortable with mirrors in the ceiling and chains and, you know. Sounds like Jeffrey Dahmer's house. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's like, oh, can you do something about the smell? <laughs> No, and then I've gone into hoarders' houses oh, yeah. where it's like, oh my god, there was like bottles everywhere of his 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 urine, oh. and like just like just crap everywhere because you really get to see into people when you go yeah. to their home. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mike. I uh, next podcast. Let's let's ditch the real estate. Let's yep. talk the conspiracy talk theories conspiracy and, and ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, ghosts, conspiracy pyramids. We'll just change this to an yes. ancient aliens. You and, bet. That type of podcast. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for your time. We know how valuable it is. We are forever grateful for you to come here today, speak to us, our viewers, our listeners. This was a huge help for all those people who were on the fence about getting their license. We really enjoyed this podcast. We hope you come back in the future. Uh, We pray for your continued success and above all your health and your health of your family. A personal thank you from uh, from me for helping me immensely at the beginning of my career. You know, I, I I I I'm not sure I would have if I would have went anywhere else. I'm not sure I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Um, everyone, please subscribe, comment, 
and and like the video comment on what you took away from this wonderful podcast this insightful podcast about real estate about getting your license or uh tell us what your craziest you know real estate story is your ghost story or your conspiracy (laughs) theory or like pyramids whatever comment and we'd love to hear from you uh thanks everyone and we'll be back for episode 16 thank you mike thank you bye everyone bye everybody